Modern World History, Patterns of Interaction, Chapter 13, Section 2, Europe Plunges into War, Setting the Stage. By 1914, Europe was divided into two rival camps. One alliance, the Triple Entente, included Great Britain, France, and Russia. The other, known as the Triple Alliance, included Germany, Austria-Hungary, and Italy. Austria-Hungary's declaration of war against Serbia set off a chain reaction within the alliance system. The countries of Europe followed through on their pledges to support one another. As a result, nearly all of Europe soon joined what would be the largest, most destructive war the world had yet seen. The Great War Begins In response to Austria's declaration of war, Russia, Serbia's ally, began moving its army towards the Russian-Austrian border. Expecting Germany to join Austria, Russia also mobilized along the German border. To Germany, Russia's mobilization amounted to a declaration of war. On August 1st, the German government declared war on Russia. Russia looked to its ally France for help. Germany, however, did not even wait for France to react. Two days after declaring war on Russia, Germany also declared war on France. Soon after, Great Britain declared war on Germany. Much of Europe was now locked in battle. Nations take sides. By mid-August 1914, the battle lines were clearly drawn. On one side were Germany and Austria-Hungary. They were known as the Central Powers because of their location in the heart of Europe. Bulgaria and the Ottoman Empire would later join the Central Powers in hopes of regaining lost territories. On the other side were Great Britain, France, and Russia. Together they were known as the Allied Powers or the Allies. Japan joined the Allies within weeks. Italy joined later. Italy had been a member of the Triple Alliance with Germany and Austria-Hungary. However, the Italians joined the other side after accusing their former partners of unjustly starting the war. In the late summer of 1914, millions of soldiers marched happily off to battle, convinced that the war would be short. Only a few people foresaw the horrors ahead. One of them was Britain's foreign minister, Sir Edward Grey. Staring out over London at nightfall, Grey said sadly to a friend, quote, The lamps are going out all over Europe. We shall not see them lit again in our lifetime. End quote. A bloody stalemate. It did not take long for Sir Edward Grey's prediction to ring true. As the summer of 1914 turned to fall, the war turned into a long and bloody stalemate, or a deadlock, along the battlefields of France. This deadlock region in northern France became known as the Western Front. The conflict grinds along. Facing a war on two fronts, Germany had developed a battle strategy known as the Schleifen Plan, named after its designer, General Alfred Graf von Schleifen. The plan called for attacking and defeating France in the west, and then rushing east to fight Russia. The Germans felt that they could carry out such a plan because Russia lagged behind the rest of Europe in its railroad system, and thus would take longer to supply its front lines. Nonetheless, speed was vital to the Schleifen Plan. German leaders knew that they needed to win a quick victory over France. Early on, it appeared that Germany would do just that. By early September, German forces had swept into France and reached the outskirts of Paris. A major German victory appeared just days away. On September 5th, however, the Allies regrouped and attacked the Germans northeast of Paris in the valley of the Marne River. Every available soldier was hurled into the struggle. When reinforcements were needed, more than 600 taxicabs rushed soldiers from Paris to the front. After four days of fighting, the German generals gave the order to retreat. Although it was only the first major clash on the Western Front, 
the First Battle of the Marne was perhaps the single most important event of the war. The defeat of the Germans left the Schieffelin plan in ruins. A quick victory in the west was no longer seeming possible. In the east, Russian forces had already invaded Germany. Germany was going to have to fight a long war on two fronts. Realizing this, the German high command sent thousands of troops from France to aid its forces in the east. Meanwhile, the war on the western front settled into a stalemate. War in the Trenches By early 1915, opposing armies on the western front had dug miles of parallel trenches to protect themselves from enemy fire. This set the stage for what became known as trench warfare. In this type of warfare, soldiers fought each other from trenches, and armies traded huge loss of human life for pitifully small land gains. Life in the trenches was pure misery. Quote, the men slept in mud, washed in mud, ate mud, and dreamed mud, end quote, wrote one soldier. The trenches swarmed with rats. Fresh food was non-existent. Sleep was nearly impossible. The space between the opposing trenches won the grim name No Man's Land. When the officers ordered an attack, their men went over the top of their trenches into this bombed-out landscape. There, they usually met murderous rounds of machine gun fire. Staying put, however, did not ensure one's safety. Artillery fire brought death right into the trenches. Quote, Shells of all calibers kept raining on our sector, end quote, wrote one French soldier. Quote, the trenches disappeared, filled with earth. The air was unbreathable. Our blinded, wounded, crawling, and shouting soldiers kept falling on top of us and died splashing us with blood. It was living hell, end quote. The Western Front became a, quote, terrain of death, end quote. It stretched nearly 500 miles from the North Sea to the Swiss border. A British officer described it in a letter. Quote, Imagine a broad belt, 10 miles or so in width, stretching from the Channel to the German frontier near Basel, which is positively littered with the bodies of men and scarified with their rude graves, in which farms, villages, and cottages are shapelessly heaps of blackened masonry, in which fields, roads, and trees are pitted and torn and twisted by shells and disfigured by dead horses, cattle, sheep, and goats, scattered in every attitude of repulsive distortion and dismemberment. End quote. Military strategists were at a loss. New tools of war, machine guns, poison gas, armored tanks, larger artillery, had not delivered the fast-moving war they had expected. All this new technology did was kill greater numbers of people more effectively. The slaughter reached a peak in 1916. In February, the Germans launched a massive attack against the French near Verdun. Each side lost more than 300,000 men. In July, the British army tried to relieve the pressure on the French. The British forces attacked the Germans northwest of Verdun in the valley of the Somme River. In the first days of the battle alone, more than 20,000 British soldiers were killed. By the time the Battle of the Somme ended in November, each side had suffered more than half a million casualties. What did the warring sides gain? Near Verdun, the Germans advanced about four miles. In the Somme Valley, the British gained about five miles. The Battle on the Eastern Front Even as the war on the Western Front claimed thousands of lives, both sides were sending millions more men to fight on the Eastern Front. This area was a stretch of battlefield along the German and Russian border. Here, Russians and Serbians battled German and Austro-Hungarians. The war in the East was a more mobile war than that in the West. Here too, however, slaughter and stalemate were common. Early fighting. 
At the beginning of the war, Russian forces had launched an attack onto both Austria and Germany. At the end of August, Germany counterattacked near the town of Tannenberg. During the four-day battle, the Germans crushed the invading Russian army and drove it into full retreat. More than 30,000 Russian soldiers were killed. Russia fared somewhat better against the Austrians. Russian forces defeated the Austrians twice in September 1914, driving deep into their country. Not until December of that year did the Austrian army manage to turn the tide. Austria defeated the Russians and eventually pushed them out of Austria-Hungary. Russia struggles. By 1916, Russia's war effort was near collapse. Unlike the nations of Western Europe, Russia had yet to become industrialized. As a result, the Russian army was continually short on food, guns, ammunition, clothes, boots, and blankets. Moreover, the Allied supply shipments to Russia were sharply limited by German control of the Baltic Sea, combined with Germany's relentless submarine campaign in the North Sea and beyond. In the south, the Ottomans still controlled the straits leading from the Mediterranean to the Black Sea. The Russian army had only one asset, its numbers. Throughout the war, the Russian army suffered a staggering number of battlefield losses, yet the army continually rebuilt its ranks from the country's enormous population. For more than three years, the battered Russian army may, uh, managed to tie up thousands of thousands of German troops in the east. As a result, Germany could not hurl its full fighting force in the west. Germany and her allies, however, were concerned with more than just the eastern and western front. As the war raged on, fighting spread beyond Europe to Africa, as well as to southwest and southeast Asia. In the years after it began, the massive European conflict indeed became a world war.